Mike. Thank you for tuning in to the Slow Wealth Podcast. Success lives on elevation. Welcome all. My name is Ramon. I'm here with my wife. Kendra. You know what I'm saying? And we're just doing this uh, podcast to reach out to uh, the masses uh, about who we are, why we got started, and, and real estate. And just uh, investing in real estate. And we'll throw and talk about a, a few other things, whether it's marriage, travel, and, uh, and all that kind of good stuff. So, But our primary focus is going to be real estate. So as my husband Ramon said before, welcome. We are so glad you decided to tune in. Um, again, this is Success Lives on Elevation Wealth Podcast, the Slow Wealth Podcast. You can reach us at invest at slowwealth.com. That's invest, I-N-V-E-S-T at S-L-O-E-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. Slow invest at slowwealth.com. Please remember to subscribe to our channel because we'll be going over different topics um, just in, in, in depth how we got started, what was our process, as well as commercial financing, residential financing, multifamily, multi-units. Um, the whole thing, the whole shebang, everything that we've done and we've gone through uh, since we started in real estate, uh, you know, a little over four years ago. Uh, we know there's a lot of people out there who is interested in real estate, or thought about it, or just getting started, and we want to kind of uh, talk to you, and just kind of give you uh, our experience, uh, advice, and just how to get started. So, uh, what we'll do is we just kind of, you know, start off just saying who we are, uh, and I'll let Kendra. And why we decided to do this podcast. Again, we want to give people tools so that you could see that this is attainable and um, you don't have to be subject to the doubt, your own self-doubt or the doubts of others. If you want to get started, it is not as difficult and um, unrelatable as many people seem to think. Huh. A lot of people think, oh man, I can't do that. I ain't got no money, but you know, they got money for everything else. So, you know, we're we just going to kind of show you how we did it and, you know, hopefully it'll work out for everybody and it'll help you uh, jumpstart and get out there because, uh, you know, real estate, uh, as the title, it, you know, slow wealth, it's generational wealth. And, you know, it's something that you can pass on to your kids. And I think that's very important. So uh, just give me a little description of who we are. Okay. Um, again, my husband's name is Ramon and my name is Kendra. So as we sit here, we are thinking about exactly who we are and trying to um, describe that to our audience. I'm looking at a quote right now that I think describes who we are and the mindset um, when we got started in the real estate industry, and that's the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. And at that time, we were trying to find our happy, um, not only in our I mean, we, you know, in our um, personal relationships, you know, with ourselves, but we were trying to find our happy with the jobs that we work. And, you know, jobs is just over broke. So we were trying to get away from a place where we were depending 
on giving someone else our time and energy and putting, um, you know, just transitioning that energy that we were giving, that we give our jobs into something that could be more productive, something that we could leave to our children and um, something that manifests in our life that we can actually see move into fruition. And the thing that um, we saw really happening for us was in real estate. Now, neither one of us come from a background where people have invested as much as we have. Now we have, you know, our uh, parents and grandparents whom purchased homes but other than that, there weren't very many people in our lives, um, in our immediate family, excuse me, that um, owned a lot of property. So we had to define all odds and kind of step out there and say, hey, we're going to use at the time some of our own money and figure this thing out. We we did have guidance um, um, my godparents that helped us get started. Like they really, really motivated us to get started. So it's very important that you have somebody, um, kind of coach you and mentor you to get you into a direction and, and put your, your mind in, in, um, perspective of thinking as an owner and not as a renter. So that was very important too, because I remember at first it was really difficult for me to get my head wrapped around, okay, this person is paying us this amount per month. And sometimes you sympathize with their situations, but at the same time, you're running a business. So um, we'll discuss all that you know, throughout not only this segment of the podcast, but future segments of um, financing and how to deal with tenants, the closing process, uh, interviewing agents. I mean, we have tons of story uh, investing in out-of-state um, real estate. Just the opportunities in real estate are great. You don't have to stick to just the investing. But I think too, uh, the most important thing is for me is not only to know the process and have somebody that supports you, just like, you know, my husband and I, we would support each other, but we also have somebody to mentor us and coach us. Um, so we'll kind of talk about that as well in this podcast, but the state of mind Again, the happiness of your life depends upon the quality of your thoughts. So we really, 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 really had to get that in our head. You know, we we only want positive energy and things that will continue to help us be formidable and motivated. Basically, I mean, that's just that simple. Um, I don't want to talk too much. So. Let's, let's, let's also, not, you know, don't forget to mention that, you know, Everything that we're going to be talking about, that we're going to tell, you know, whether it be on this podcast or in the future, as far as investing in real estate, you know, we didn't start off with a lot of money. We never, we didn't own any property. We didn't have anybody that really gave us anything physical to get started. Um, <clears throat> so we really had to um, have our own savings that we used 
that we saved up to really get us started. But like she said, we had a mentor who owned property and really gave us a lot of game, really gave us a lot of information that jump started and uh, got us, you know, going. So um, I don't know. We'll just kind of go over and tell how we got started. So. About four, what was it, about four and a half years ago now? Yeah, four and a half years ago, wow. <laughs> so yeah, about four and a half years ago, uh, her godparents came to Seattle. We were living in Seattle at yeah, the we time. we were living in Seattle at the time. So we, we were living in some cities. But at the time, we were living in Seattle, and they came up, and I think they were going on a uh, Disney cruise uh, out of Vancouver. Yeah, no, they were leaving out of Seattle, but they were going up through Alaska. Alaska, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So they were staying in a hotel downtown. It was a Marriott. And at first, a JW Marriott. Yeah, JW Marriott. And at first, I didn't really want to go. I think I was doing something. I didn't feel like going at the house. And so at first, I was like, I don't know if I want to go. But she was like, well, no, they can go. They're here. Let's just take them out. You know, this ain't even here. So I was like, all right, you know, we can go. Now, mind you, I hadn't seen my godmother since I was eight years old. We talk, we, when I say we, me and my mother would talk to her, you know, um, periodically. My mom talks to her frequently because that's her best friend. But um, I didn't know exactly what they did. I know that she, I knew that she's a stay-at-home mom with, um, you know, children and he, um, he worked. So... I was always under the assumption that he had an actual nine to five. He was a laborer, you know, pretty much like we, like we were at that time. So, um, that's kind of the mindset that we went in. We're just taking them out to dinner because, you know, that's what we do. You know, when people come in from out of town, we want to be as hospitable as possible. So, like she said, they came in town. Took him to a restaurant, I think it was downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lunchbox Lavatory. Yeah, Lunchbox Lavatory in Seattle. Really but anyway, we got to talking, you know, everybody ordered, you know, and we got to talking with them, and we really didn't talk about real estate. I don't even think we talked about real estate then at that conversation. We, we didn't initially, but we did that day. We started getting into it because that dinner lasted like over two hours. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I think... They kind of asked us about, you know, if we uh, were buying a house or we were going to buy a house or something. Like that. No, the conversation started because I asked them how long they were going to be on vacation. And remember, they were like they were on vacation for 30 days. It was it was just a little bit over a month and they were doing other things, too. They were they drove from L.A. to Seattle. But they made stops along the way at several different places where they were stopping and staying in nice hotels and, you know, enjoying those cities along the way. And I and I went to ask because I'm nosy. Um, well, how are you doing this? They let you have that much time off of work. And they were like, work. <laughs> we don't work. So neither one don't work. <laughs> the, the, the husband didn't work. The wife didn't work. Kids didn't work. They were both in college, so... No, they had one that was in college college, and one in high school. Yeah, one in high school. And, you know, I didn't think nothing of it, you know, until Kendra was like, well, you know, they said they're going on a Disney cruise, and you 
you being a, a corporate travel agent. Yeah, I was like a Disney cruise. Okay, they paying. A, in my mind, I'm calculating the cost of this trip because I've worked in the travel industry for so long. So I'm like, you know, I'm kind of like, damn, how are they affording all this? This can get pretty expensive. I mean, we talking about, you know, 20000 for what they were what they were doing. I mean, it, it just, and the time, you know, they had this, this, um, just this, you know, freedom of time and the autonomy, you know, I'm like, how is this happening? And then the conversation went on later. I was asking my guy, mom, you know, oh, do you cook? Blah, 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 blah. Cause we were talking about something else. She was like, girl, I don't cook. She was like, I barely clean. We have the maid come in sometimes. And I'm like, hold up. Wait a minute. We got one girl in college. The other one's in high school. Y'all, about, y'all staying in a, a, a Marriott in downtown Seattle. Yeah. Uh, you about to be going to Disney Cruise. And they were coming for a Jack and Jill convention. Jack Ramon, Jill. Ramon didn't know what Jack and Jill was, but when I heard that, my antennas went off. For all y'all don't know, that don't know who Jack and Jill is or what the organization is, pretty much everybody that I've known that's been a part of Jack and Jill, their parents were doctors and lawyers or some sort. They did something in politics. Um, it's like the upper echelon of African Americans where they take their children and their children are, um, are, uh, socializing with other kids that, that are, you know, are, are they're in this, uh, their parents are in this financial bracket. You know, uh, just the, like I said, the upper echelon. They're well to do. Yeah, they they're, are well to do. That's good. Exactly. So that really made us say, okay, we don't know what y'all do. And I was like, y'all out here pushing weight? Like, what's going <laughs> on? <laughs> I hope now you're taking my I know, so, right? <laughs> uh, you know, when we, when we put all the, the pieces to the puzzle and it was like, okay. And then when we later on talked to them, and then we found out that, you know, how they got into the position that they were in, and that was through real estate. So, obviously, at that point, I'm all ears. And so, after the dinner, I think they went on their vacation. Um, I think you ended up calling me when they got back. So, it might have been a few weeks later, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you ended up calling me, and we talked. We had a good conversation. Uh, and, you know, not too long into that conversation, you know, we kind of really got to it. He was like, okay, you know, are you guys, like, where you live? He was like, oh, you know, we got an apartment here. Okay, y'all, like, what are y'all doing? Y'all going, you know, buy a house? Or, but yeah, you know, we thought about it. Okay, don't buy no house. So I'm like, okay, well, why? And then that's when he just kind of went into it, like, look, you know, if you really want to, you know, build wealth, you really want to get money, like we have, you know, and have the lifestyle or something like it, you know, I can show you how to do it, and it's not going to start with you buying a house. Mm-hmm. So he said, you know, you need to buy your multifamily uh, property, which uh, residential-wise, one to four units. You can use uh, what they call an FHA loan. And we'll talk about all that later. But he was like, you know, go start looking for four-unit buildings. And, you know, I was like, okay, I'll just be present. Cause <laughs> I was like, I don't know how much money can we got, but... I was like, you can afford for you in the building. So, you know, we really just kind of, with the captain talking, he just started giving us information until we found out that, okay, you know what, it is possible that we we could 
actually go and do it. And it really jump-started me because I immediately just started looking for four-unit properties. And with the four-unit properties, you know, just real briefly, you can use what they have a, a, call an FHA loan, where a lot of people, um, or FHA loan, the conventional, where a lot of people can um, use that to put 3.5% down. On an FHA loan. An FHA loan. Um, and you can live in one of the units. And so if you're talking about a four-unit property, you can live in one of the units, and it's, it's called owner-occupied. And you have three other units, but you have tenants. And in most cases, and in, you know, in our case, those three tenants were paying our mortgage. Plus and, utilities. And they was paying the utilities. So we were getting enough rents into where our mortgage and our utilities was covered. Now, not right at first when we bought the property, but once we stabilized it, um, we didn't have any mortgage. We, we wouldn't pay anything out of our pocket towards the mortgage or the utilities. The tenants was paying everything. And so, um, you know, going back to, you know, um, with our mentor and how we kind of got started, like, uh, we just really kind of just hit the ground running and started searching for four unit properties. And, man, today, four and a half years later, like, we're uh, we're close to we're about nineteen nineteen units. units. Um, well, I mean, total under our belt, we've had twenty we twenty three, but right then we sold um a quadplex. Well, we had six. Let's say that. First. Yeah, we had six, we and had then we six, went to nineteen. We sold the four unit, and then which we basically leveled up, and as a you know, coming up next week, we'll be closing on. Uh, another property that fills that 19 units. So uh, I think starting back then, I don't know if we both seen that uh, or we could have ever imagined that, but I think my goal was to do this. And it was actually my goal was to be in a position of freedom, meaning seeing him and his wife and his kids take 30 days off like that and just go and just, and just travel. Like, that was what made me say, okay, you know what, well, whatever he's doing, that's what I want to do. And I'm going to listen and I'm going to follow his direction to the T until we get to that position. Now, initially, um, our godparents, when we were sitting at that table, we were just, you know, talking and, you know, kind of just reintroducing ourselves. And this is the first time that they had met Ramon. So, you know, they were asking him questions about what he did and, you know, just kind of, I don't know how else to say this, but shooting the shit. There was, there was no talk initially of what they did until we were in conversation. And I was like, well, hold up. <laughs> what is it that you guys do? Because we need this autonomy. You know, we were kind of putting things out there. Okay, we're just working, but we want something better and blah, blah, blah. So they were, you know, throwing little gems at that time, but they aren't the kind of people to brag about what they have and they're not flashy. So we lit, we almost kind of had to pull it out of them, you know, like, you know, come on, tell us what, what you know, what you do, what you do, you know, because even my godmother, you know, really never uh, explained to my mom what it is 
that they did, you know, that they have the, this, this great investment business that is allowing them to be capable of paying. Remember they had two children, they have two children. One of them was in college. Her college minimum is 400,000 a year minimum. So they were, I mean, they were paying for this. She wasn't getting grants, loans, none of that. So it's, you know, that was really um, derivative of how we got started. Not just the uh, financial aspect, but just to see the happiness in people who really enjoy what they do and be able to enjoy life, you know, and not have to worry about, oh my God, Monday morning, I got to wake up and go to a job that I hate. You know, they were in a position to, um, to give others the opportunity to see how they live. Now, initially my, my, uh, godfather did not want to share this information with Ramon because remember he said, he was saying that, um, a lot of people that he had spoken to in the past wasn't receptive to this information. It was, oh man, you know, you can't nobody do that. You, you got money. But when they told us how they got started and the, um, salaries that they were receiving when they got started, we were like, oh, we make way more money than that. So we can do it. And finally, when Ramon had the conversation with my godfather, um, I had to convince Ramon to take money out of his 401k because he's been on his job a lot longer than I had at the time. But I also used some of my 401k for little things that we needed during closing. Um, so we made it happen literally in, in not in the best financial position. And we weren't making very much. I think at the time I was probably making about 35,000 a year. I mean, for some people that's a lot, but doing what, what we want to do and where we're at today, 35,000, we would, we would be like, oh, how, there's the mindset that we had then. There's no way that we can do all that off 35, you making 35 and Ramon making what he makes. You know, we were both, I'd say gross. We were making less than what? 70,000. But we, <laughs> but at the time we were making more than my godparents did when they first got started. So it, that was very motivating for us to see that, okay, they were like, oh, y'all make that, you know, sh- shoo, you in a good position. You know, you, you can get that four plagues. You got the, and you got the 3%. We were like, wait a minute, how do we have 3% to put down on a federal housing administration loan? That's what an FHA loan is, federal housing administration loan. How do we have three and a half percent to put down? And, um, we figured it out with, with the help of my godparents. Ramon stayed up day and night, day and night, figuring, you know, trying to figure things out, going through our credit reports and, um, well, you went through our credit reports prior to us even wanting to get, um, into the real estate industry. So let's, let's, let's. You know, let's go back because I know we don't want to lose a lot of people. So let's mm-hmm. let's kind of just say how you know pinpoint some things. So, like I said again, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, one thing that did help was 
uh, was you want my longevity on my job uh, and me having uh, the 401k. So, you know, for anybody that's listening, like, there's a lot of you that you are in a position to do it, but you don't think that you're in a position to do it. Um, and so, you know, for us, thankfully, like I said, I saved up a little bit um, and talking with our mentor and him just showing us how we could use an FHA loan to go out and get um, a four-unit building, our first property, and how we, you know, was able to do it. And uh, like we mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, you know, um, unfortunately, but fortunately, we had to file bankruptcy, uh, you know, over, over seven years ago. Um, and, you know, we worked, you know, we, we didn't do good with our credit. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we made a lot of mistakes with that. And, you know, we talked about it and we looked over everything. I said, look, you know, if we, if we have to file bankruptcy, from that day that is discharged, like we gotta really be serious about our credit, and we work, and I just made sure that we, we are, we are, we are, and we work, and I just made sure that we were very diligent about uh, our credit and how we were gonna set ourselves up uh, for success. So you know, um, you know, today looking back then and looking at today, I mean it's it's, it's a three sixty. Uh, the position that we're in and there's nothing that we did or that we're doing that nobody else can do uh, can do so you know we just really want to to, we really want to do this podcast and put that out there so you know because there's a lot of people who uh, may they may want to do it but you may not know how right and everything is absolutely attainable as my husband said we years ago filed bankruptcy. We weren't making a ton of money. We didn't have a ton of money in savings. We didn't have any uncles or parents or, you know, wealthy, wealthy people that were willing to, um, you know, give us a handout. We had to start, you know, by the, by our own labor. And, um, it it just, it like, it, it was just really, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, it was just really... Um, it was surreal. It's surreal. Yeah, it was it's surreal, surreal because at that time in our lives, we had relocated to Seattle and we were looking for something. We were trying to search for something that would work for the both of us. And um, two years prior to that, uh, prior to that dinner with my godparents, Ramon was looking into uh, auctions, like housing auctions. And he had been talking about it, but you know how you you have something in your head and you, you talk yourself out of it. I think what happened at that dinner that, that day um, is Tony, my godfather, sparked something in Ramon. But when it came to the to the financial part, to that 3.5%, he was like, oh, I don't know if I want to give over a check that, you know, that's most of my 401k. And it's like, you're for, you know, I had to convince him, not even being a, a past it was, investor. It was half of my 401k. Yeah. I never... Gave out that much money at one time. <laughs> I was like, I ain't trying to do that. 
You know what I'm saying? It was it was about uh, almost twenty five almost twenty five thousand. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the five thousand we put up for the earnest money. Earnest money, yeah. So we put about a good thirty thousand into that uh, into our first deal. And like I said, I did not want to do that. Like she, we we got into an argument about that. Yeah, we did. And I was like, I'm not trying to put all that money out. You know, she's like, Ramon, you know, this is this is our livelihood. This this could jumpstart some stuff. This could get us to, to a position. And, and as much as she was getting on my nerves, I'm glad she, she did because we probably wouldn't be where we at right now. Yeah, because at the time, I was working a job that I absolutely hated. I did not want to get out of bed. I did not want to do anything. I had no motivation to do anything at that time because my head yeah not i was cooking uh (laughs) but i didn't have any motivation to do anything because the job that i was working at made me feel like i was limited um like i couldn't do anything other than what i was doing mind you i have a college education (laughs) you know and and a lots of work experience and and we're both well-rounded people um, Ramon, you know, has had some college education and he's a well-rounded guy and he, you know, you worked as a supervisor, but you didn't want, you don't want to be at the same company for your whole life. You know, we were looking for something and it just happened to be that one, that one missing component that we needed in our lives. And I don't have no college degree. <laughs> I, I ain't never finished college. You know, I, I stopped going. I just got. I don't no, know. you didn't stop going. You just dropped out because it wasn't for you. Well, no, I won't say college wasn't for me. It just I, I'm the type of person if I'm not learning something I feel like is essential, I lose interest. Yeah. And whether that's right or wrong, you know, I know we're we're all told and taught from an early age to go to school, graduate from high school, go to college, get your bachelor's. You know, a lot of kids get your master's, get your doctorate, you know, to go work for other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm looking at, we were sitting at, we were sitting at the table across from some people who did not have college, yeah, they did not, not have, have college, college degrees. degrees. And they are well off more than people that I know with college degrees. Mm-hmm. And I know people with bachelor's and master's and a couple of doctors. So I'm like, well, if they're doing this and they don't have a college degree, they can take 30 day vacations. They live in, you know, uh, uh, California where it is expensive to live. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, I think they spent, spent about 11, 12, 13,000 on the, on the Disney vacation cruise. Mm-hmm. You spend it, you know what I mean? You, you're in a hotel in downtown Seattle. Like all of these things, your kids in Jack and Jill, like you're not struggling. You're, you're financially free. Like, at right now, I'm like, eh, this school, I don't see helping me do that. And so, you know, as more and more I got into the real estate and I got more involved into it, it was more like, okay, uh, this is the avenue that I want to take. And so, like my wife said earlier, you know, with anything, it's going to take a lot. It's going to really take you uh, just really putting your head, you know, into the books. Uh, you know, I did a lot of reading. I listened to a lot of podcasts. I watched a lot of YouTube videos. I read a lot of books. I mean, I went it's to specifically seminars. about real estate. Real estate. Like I went to a lot of seminars. Uh, me and my mentor, you know, we talked all the time. Um, 
everything I was I was just engulfed in real estate. I didn't want to talk about nothing but real estate, and even to this day, um, you know. So that's that's really how you got to be with a lot of stuff by just having that passion. And so you know, um, I didn't mind staying up all night. There was days, there was times where I went, you know, almost two days with no sleep um, because I was just trying to accomplish something. I had a bigger goal. I did not want to um, work for nobody anymore, and I wanted to make. I wanted to set up a life where we didn't have to stress over bills. We could take a vacation when we wanted to. We didn't have to worry about getting denied of credit. You know, all of those things that we did, you know, when we were younger, that just made me um, really say, okay, you know, I got to change that. So, you know, we did that, and I'm glad it happened the way it did. And, you know, again, everything that we're going to be telling you guys, like, we didn't start off with anything. You know what I mean? We used our own money. Uh, we didn't get no handouts from anybody. We didn't <laughs> We didn't get no loans from nobody. You know, like even to this day, mm-hmm. we haven't, you know. Uh, we, we just used what we had. You know, we were blessed to get here. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can kind of spark uh, something, that, somebody that's listening, even if it's just one person. Because I know somebody, you know, wants to, change and you know and a lot of times people don't you know a lot of people i know they they do stocks or they you know they go to school they got degrees and they're like oh you know i don't want to do real estate i don't want to buy nothing and i'm like well you're, you're buying a house and you're in a house and the house is not giving you anything like if something breaks in the house you gotta pay you for gotta it. pay for it your taxes do every year and a lot of places where especially like a place like texas um, you know, and all the other places where property taxes is high, like you got to pay those every year, you know, um, anything wrong with your house, like you got to pay for that. So, you know, I understand when people have a family, you know, you have kids and you want to be settled, but at the same time, if you put that money down on the house, why not go put that money down on the property and have somebody pay for your house? And I think we should explain that initially because that kind of goes into why we're doing this podcast and how we got started. So um, when we initially got started, uh, we got started with a four unit in the Seattle area, which is not cheap. Okay, It is expensive out there. Um, And we looked for months to find the four units. that would give us the opportunity to save our paychecks and pay all the the utilities and the mortgage because there is um certain ways you you know you want to figure the the mathematical equations of real estate out and you know my husband I'll ask him some questions so that he can elaborate a little bit more on the four unit aspect, the multi-unit aspect. The multi-unit being a duplex, two units, a triplex, three units, and a quadplex, four units. Now, our four unit was a bit different than many four units um, in several cities. Um, Our four unit was a two duplex Uh, two duplexes, excuse me, that sat side by side on the same parcel. So it sat on the same piece of land. Explain what a parcel is for people that don't know. 
a parcel is basically a piece a, a piece of land. It's it's land. Our sat our duplexes sat on the same piece of land. So you had a duplex on one side and on the other side of it was another duplex. We had tenants in three of the units. We lived in one unit. The rent at the time we acquired it. Uh, one unit was eight fifty a month. The another unit was uh, she was paying eleven hundred, and then uh, the other unit uh, was paying a thousand fifty. But also the unit we moved in. Remember, there was a tenant in there mm-hmm. that we had to move them out. Right. So initially, when we moved in, we did all the the due diligence steps that you have to do to get the loan and, um, you know, appraisals and inspections and all that. So we'll go over that at a later time, but just to shoot and and to delve more into the four unit aspect, um, when we purchased the property, there were, uh, all four units were occupied. So that was very important with the FHA loan because FHA requires that, um, how much of of the units, if you do a multi-unit, is occupied? Uh, and, you have to have at least 75, 75%. Uh, or you mean occupied or the rents? The rents. I'm sorry, the rents. Yeah, so so this is the thing, too, what's so sweet about the four units and even the three units and even the duplex, but not as much of a duplex, but like three, three units and four units. This is the sweet part is that and a lot of people don't think that they can buy these is because when you're buying a house, they're only using your income. And if you have a wife or a husband. When you're using when you're buying a duplex, they're using your income or your family's income and then the income of the tenant next door. If you're getting a triplex, they're using your income and the two other tenants. When you got a four unit, they're using your income and three other units. So if you're making, if you and your wife are making, you know, let's say 70000 a year. Combined. Combined. You may have three other tenants that, let's just say they're making thirty five, forty thousand 40000 a year. That's anywhere from, what, 105000 to 120000 of extra income. Well, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. That, that'd be, that'd be crazy. It is crazy. If they're paying... <laughs> If they're paying you, know, let's say, eleven hundred a month on each unit, and let's say that you and your wife or you and your husband are getting paid, you know, combined, let's say five thousand a month, that's an extra, you know, eleven hundred, uh, thirty-three hundred dollars a month that you're getting that counts towards your income for you to qualify for that building. So, you know, at the time, I think we were making, I think we were about four, four forty-five hundred a month or something mm-hmm. like that. And so they used- well no 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 initially when we bought the property, um I think it was somewhere around three thousand because remember one of the units was paying eight fifty and we had to go in there and inc- do some um uh catch up on some deferred maintenance to bring value um so the so the tenants could see exactly what they were paying for because we were in the process of increasing the rents when we moved in. Um, so we, we had, had to, do to that. but we had to qualify for it first. Yes. So that's, true. that's really what we want to get people to see, uh, with, you know, before getting into all of that, you know, the whole process mm-hmm. is really just showing you that you can qualify for a, a multifamily 
uh, easier than you think you can. Because if you even if you're making only, you know, combined fifty thousand. Yeah, fifty thousand thirty thousand. You know, whatever, <laughs> you still got two to three tenants that is you can use their the 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 rents that they're paying. So if you're making four thousand a month but you got three tenants paying a thousand a month, that's seven thousand a month that you're making. So when you go to apply for that property, the lender is gonna look in there and they're gonna say, okay, yeah, you you're bringing in four thousand a month, but you got three other tenants that's paying a thousand a month. Okay, so now seven thousand a month, that's what eighty four thousand a year. Okay, the property is five hundred thousand. You're probably gonna qualify that more than likely, because that was similar to our our situation. So, you know, a lot of people they don't like real estate. They don't want to deal with real estate because they just feel like they want to be, um, they want to be content. They want to get a house. You know, white picket fence, whatever, all that good stuff. And they don't want to deal with it. But the fact of the matter is. Well, I think another reason, too, why people don't want to deal with real estate is because they don't they think about the unscrupulous landlords, the ones that, you know, are slum lords. They don't fix anything. They just collect rent. And we didn't want to be that because we were we were uh, being mentored by people who cared about their properties and, and took, you know, um, concern about their tenants you know, the type of people that lived in their units because this is their investment. And that says a lot about, to me, that says a lot about who you are when you take care of your property and you put quality tenants into your units. However, we inherited <laughs> tenants when we first came in to um, purchase the, the quadplex, the four unit. Um, also, a lot of people don't want to deal with the whole thing that, oh, I got to wake up at two o'clock in the morning because somebody's toilet is broken and um, they're going to call me because of this, that, and the third. And it's like, if you're a scrupulous landlord, if you were diligent, you are staying on top of all those maintenance requests. Now that doesn't mean that everything has to have immediate provocation, but um, you're taking care of those things. You know, if, if the tenant tells you, hey, I see a leak underneath the sink or something like that. You want to get that taken care of immediately because it may, you know, it may be expensive initially, but if, if you allow it to linger, it'll cost you more money in the long run and take a lot up a lot of your time. So being scrupulous was the best thing ever, you know, letting our tenants know, Hey, if you have, you know, some, um, maintenance request let us know immediately please do not be scared because when we came into the units there were tenants that told us the people that owned the the um property prior to us they wouldn't fix anything no they wouldn't and uh, there's a lot of deferred maintenance a lot of deferred maintenance and you know but the thing too though is that you'll fix things on your house but the thing is too if you have that same uh wheel to do that with a, a, a property, you know. That's to, not earning you any income. You know, like if you if you have a three or four unit property, you just do the same thing. But you got to think too, like I said, if you got a four unit building and you have tenants helping you pay your mortgage, in a lot of cases, you're not paying a mortgage. And the, for the life of me, I don't understand why people don't want to do that. Like if I have the opportunity to do something where I, it'll save me money, and you start. You talking about everybody pays rent or mortgage. 
Not surprising. Like everybody pays a rent or a mortgage. So I would not want to put myself in a situation where I don't have to pay a mortgage. Well, I'm going to ask you something. Well, why? I'm going to play devil's advocate. Well, why would you? Because me being a landlord, I got to find somebody to cut the grass and, and find somebody to fix this and find somebody to do that. You know, just different things, different qualities that people think about when they hear someone is a property owner and even living on site. Like how, how crazy is that? How did that make you feel? Like given all that responsibility initially on your first property, you dealing with three families of people, you know, three different types and styles of living. Um, I think we also need to go back to, this is a part of the question, how we chose to get rid of the tenant so we can move in. Should we start there? Maybe I should back that up. Uh, We can briefly go over that. Uh Um, But to answer the question is that, you know, it was a lot of work, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot of work when you got to deal with three families, uh, even two families, or even uh, even even one family outside of your family. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so you know. But I think the thing that I kept in the back of my mind was the thing that really got me really going. To be honest, was getting that first rent check. Oh yeah, that was nice. So you know when you no, I say even before that, I say before that is when we. When we went with our first real estate agent, uh, who didn't work out, but we we went to him and we were sitting in his office and he was um, telling us, you know, asking us, you know, what kind of property were we looking for? And we were just kind of discussing it and we told him, hey, you know, we're looking primarily for uh, four unit properties. And he's like, you know, because we want to, we want to, uh, we want to build wealth. You know, we, we want people to pay our own mortgage. You know, we want to. Um, he was have, smitten have, with us. He was like, "Wow, okay, yeah, I really want to help you guys." Yeah, he was like, I, I, "He was like, I get what you're saying, like, because you know that's what I do." He was like, "I own a, a few properties," so we was like, "Oh, okay, cool." So, man, we straight. And then while we were talking, uh, a lady came in, and she gave him a rent check. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "Oh, oh, okay, yeah." welcome to the good life so you know when we first got our rent check and it was like hey you know what I think with anything you know you're not gonna you're gonna get what you put into it so you know like I said through this whole process we've been working full time at our our regular jobs uh, and still dealing with life you know let's, let's not forget that you know you still got everything else that you're dealing with in your personal life and your relationships at work and all of this stuff and we're still managing the property and so you know that's really something for people to really you know grasp on you know hopefully and just know that you know it can be done and even if you got kids, like we don't have kids, but our mentor, mm-hmm. they when they start out, yeah. she, when they had their first kid, his wife quit her job and he stayed working for the next five years. So, no, no, no. He stayed working for many years. No, no, he said five. He stayed, he kept working for five years after they had their first child, then he quit his mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, they have a little bit different than us because we don't, like I said, we don't have no kids. So, um, and we, and, and they were married when they got into it. We were not married when we started, um, in this, you know, investing nope. in real estate. We were not married. We were not married. We are now. And, you know, that, and again, you know, like I said, throughout the, you know, a lot of these podcasts that we're going to try to put out, we're going to try to cover and go over a lot of stuff that, you know, has to do with real estate, you know, where, you know, working, if you're in a relationship, if you're married, if you're not, you know, how to try to make that work, you know, uh, each other doing certain roles, you know, just everything, you know, we'll give our stories and everything because, you know, even though four and a half years is not a long time, there's a lot of people that have been doing it a lot longer. Uh, with a lot less. With a lot less. <laughs> you know, we still surprisingly have done and gone through a lot. In, in this short time so we got a lot that we want to put out there and we're still investing in real estate now you know we haven't stopped i don't plan on stopping you know no time soon and so you know we're just going to kind of keep it going and uh you know hopefully just kind of share our journey and in our experience uh our knowledge our advice our opinions and uh hopefully you know that can uh help you know somebody that's listening so you know we can uh outro this joint (laughs) well I mean basically what we wanted to do is you know give you an introduction I know this may seem like it's all over the place but we are really excited to start this podcast and um and motivate people to get involved in real estate I mean us being who we are we see so many people from different walks of life like any of the real estate events that we would go to, people would be excited about about us and our enthusiasm, you know, with real estate and and how we were able to maintain our sanity. Because as I said before, if you are an unscrupulous landlord, basically a slumlord, you are going to be the person that's on edge that has a hammer and nails every time you go out the house because you're not taking care of your property. And that's not to say that people who don't or who do take care of their property isn't, you know, like they don't carry around hammer and nails. I mean, there are just some landlords that's always prepared to fix something. And we're those people. We're always prepared to fix something. But the ones who don't give, you know, give a bad name to the landlords that actually care and have concern and and want to have you know, great tenants that enjoy and respect where they live. Um, I can't really say any more about how important it is to invest in yourself and to have a legacy because the thought for both Ramon and I was when we die, we cannot leave our jobs to the next generation. That just isn't going to work. We have to have something that we can leave behind. Something that's worth it. It's not, for me, it's not always about the money. It's that feeling that you get of autonomy. And real estate allows us to have the autonomy. Yes, we still both work our jobs, but this is a choice that we make to work our jobs. I want to retire and my husband wants to retire because we have we have a plan. And the plan was... You know, okay, we're going to work this amount of time and then retire. Well, you know, like they say, when you have a plan, 
God has his plan and laughs at yours. So he laughed at, <laughs> you know, half of our plan. And um, because of COVID, I've been laid off. So this kind of um, accelerates what, um, what I initially wanted to do. I wanted to retire by the end of this year, uh, 2020. Um, and I'm thinking about that. I'm having second thoughts like, you know, no, I'm not going to wait until December 31st. I, we can just, we can afford to do it now. We have the ability to do it now. Whereas before we started, I we would, you know, we would have those old shit moments. Like how are we going to make it? Like, what are we going to do? We got to rob Peter to pay Paul, or we got to, you know, move all this money around. But real estate has given us the autonomy and the freedom the financial freedom to say, you know what, my husband, you know, let me know we got this. We good. You know, we good. And and that's such a blessing. That is such a blessing. And to know that I'm going to work every day and it's literally a choice. I'm choosing to be there. I don't have to be there. That gives a, a different level of dignity and pride. So I think for for I know for myself, but for my husband, it's the same thing, you know, for him to wake up and go to work and say, you know what, I don't have to be here. I'm choosing to be here because I have a plan. So that's one thing that you have to, you yourself have to think about, you know, get yourself together, write down your plan, figure out how you can invest in, in real estate. You know, if you don't have a 401k plan with $20,000, we initially, um, before we decided, <laughs> before we totally decided to use the 401k plans, um, we went to a seminar uh, with... Oh, it's for the mortgage certificate. Yes, yeah, for uh, uh, down payment urban assistance league. with the Urban League. You can look into resources like that that would assist you into getting, you know, that first three and a half percent or sometimes, you know, there are down payment assistance programs that you don't have to put anything down. I just want to throw those options out there, um, you know, for all of you that are saying, well, I don't have, you know, 30000 in 401k. I, I barely got 10. There are other programs that will be able to assist you. And we'll talk about those in later podcasts. Um, I think, again, we just have to be uh, cognizant of what you can do as opposed to what you can't do because we can all make excuses about what it is that will keep us from living the life that God has placed us here to live. So just, just be diligent. I mean, this is your life. You only get to live it once and you want to make sure that every day that you live is indignative to what is the, those steps that are ordained for you. And again, the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. So when you speak to people, as our mentors did, as my husband speaks to me and I speak to him, you only want to plant seeds of positivity and motivation. You don't want anybody to allow you to, um, anybody to, uh, to dictate your, your mood, you know, where you're doubting yourself and your abilities. So that's, that's what I'm going to say in closing. Again, my name is Kendra. I'm Ramon, and this is the Slow Wealth Podcast. That is success lives on elevation. And we is out.
Oh, actually, you can reach us at, if you have any questions, invest at slowwealth.com, I-N-V-E-S-T at S-L-O-E-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. Please remember to subscribe and thank you so much. We are truly humbled that you have chosen to listen to us today. Thank you for tuning in.